Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Yeah. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. We in Outshine. Bitcoins, we got them. Acquire, never sell. But catch us rolling deep like Adele. Bitcoin, blockchains, cryptocurrencies. Three guys faded talking Bitcoin, no fee. That's the free Bitcoin podcast, insane. And adoption is still the only thing, thing, thing that matters, man. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode. 151 of the Bitcoin Podcast. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two. Oh, yeah, D coming at you. Yeah, muscle Man D coming at you. Host oh, number yeah. three. Ori, what's up, guys? What's up, man? Not much, man. Interested in releasing a nice little midweek for everyone. Um, just because we love our audience that much. Yeah, this is a so. this is, this is probably one of the most I don't want to say ridiculous interviews we've done, but it was fun. It was a fun. It was interview. fun. Man. I had a it, lot of. Time. I I laughed a I lot. Had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I I think ridiculous is always and forever gonna be Lil B, like that hands down. But this was actually just a good solid interview. I had it a had a bit of ridiculousness in it. Like he, there's a few things that said that were pretty pretty ridiculous. Uh, but appropriate and contextual. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous that this isn't our first UFC fighter on a fintech podcast, or it's our yeah, second. It's second, or talking about a strip club on a Bitcoin podcast. Yep. Out of that, uh, uh, no, there are no, there are no firsts here. Yeah, <laughs> or should I want to avoid this one? Yeah, <laughs> don't uh, listen to this episode. It's it's kind of like Nate. Strippers are a part of nature. Well, we, no, we I, said this. We said this early on. I mean, I'd say early on in this whole podcast, we started doing this. We 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 wanted to get the entire community. We're not just interested in the developer community. We're not just interested in enterprise or you know the, the libertarians or CEOs or projects. We want we want to get the viewpoint of everyone that's touching this technology and why they're why they're into it like what got them to do it what their motivation was and they're they're very much a part of that there's no reason why we shouldn't be looking and talking to them and seeing what they're doing and why they're doing it and we also Absolutely. said that like porn and stripping and adult entertainment has pushed the development of a lot of technologies in the past and i like we're, we've always kind of been curious about like what that community feels about a lot of that stuff in a lot of ways it's helped them do things they couldn't do beforehand and that's that's interesting some people i don't know there's legitimacy there. it it's just it's just also funny and fun yeah and by like a part while of nature, i mean i i do believe the um the pattern with which a stripper slides down the pole and spins around that pole that rate at which her leg is swinging out is actually the golden ratio. I think you just made that up. No, no, no. It's 1.618 revolutions per minute. Just made that and up. And it's actually, it was a study done by Snoop Dogg where he did a tour around the country to all of the leading uh, exotic establishments. And he actually, it was very scientific. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here. I'm just going to say I don't believe you. Um, I'm going to say that there is some validity to your argument, <laughs> which is I simply don't believe that crock of shit. But you should Google it. You might be, you might be, in, you might be uh, surprised. Yeah. What you got, Cello? Remember you and me went to the strip club and you got kicked out because ML gave you a drink. Remember, oh, if, you're, yeah. if you're under 21, you have to wear a bracelet. That says you can't have any alcohol. And Ed Mel went to the bathroom and said, D, hold my drink. Immediately got the boot out of the strip club. It wasn't a bracelet. It was a bright yellow shirt 
in, oh, yeah. a, in the black light. <laughs> yeah, right? I remember so, that. Like, so, <laughs> so, so if you're, we're in the, we're in the booby bar, and we have a friend that is 21, but we're not yet. So we go, and they're like, "You guys got to wear these shirts." Um, well, I was 21. You were 21. That's right. Yeah. I'm the younger crew. And they're like, you got to wear this shirt. And all strip club bouncers sound like those aliens from the Fifth Element. Like, all of them. The aliens with the big brow. Yep. They all do. <laughs> you got to wear the shirt. So I put the shirt on. And I'm like, you could see total darkness, but you see the bright G-string <laughs> because it's a black light. And then you just see a bright shirt. And it, it's dark everywhere. And I am a dark-skinned individual. So you just see a bright shirt walking around <laughs> this club. And like within a split second, Emma's like, hey, hold my beer for a second. And I was like, all right. And I hold it. And the guy's like, you got to get out of here. You got to get the fuck out of here. And I was like, what? Like, no, that's not what this is. And I, I and I got kicked out of the booby bar. So we have the dilemma of do we enjoy these titties while our friend is outside or do we leave with you? <laughs> I did feel lonely. For a moment, yeah, I did. We we waited. We saw some titties and left you outside. But yeah, it wasn't speaking long, of, though. <laughs> today's show is brought to you by Victoria's Secret. Uh, not so much a secret anymore. You get skivvies there if you're a lady. What are That's we actually it. brought That's by? <laughs> Funny story, Cello. Who are we brought to them by today? Uh, we're brought to you by nobody. So we wanted to talk about something. Something that's coming up soon. Something that I think a lot of you guys may not be privy to. And that is Ethereum's hopefully very smooth transition into a proof-of-stake algorithm. Now, if you listen to previous shows, uh, proof-of-stake is not a restaurant idea that I had for a restaurant. It would be amazing. In the Silicon Valley, steaks would fly off the shelves. I feel like, but, like Cello came up with that idea. Chelo, was that you? Was that me? Uh, I think it was you. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Well, anyways, you get your steaks, and then instead of putting truffle butter on the steak... Uh, oh, that was my idea. Yeah, I think that was your idea. Truffle butter made it. Now, yep. now I remember. Yeah, you got to put truffle butter on the steak. But that is not what proof of steak is. Proof of steak is a consensus algorithm that is way less demanding on the Earth's, Mother Earth's resources, Gaia's resources, than uh, proof of, of work. Wait, did I say that right? Something like that. Something like that. Proof of stake doesn't use as much computer juice as proof of work. And that's as scientific as I'm going to get right now. Hmm. Yeah, I'm having, I'm starting to build out a panel around um, different proof of stake algorithms to discuss how because there's different implementations currently and working being worked on to be implemented in the future to try and take over what proof of work does and i'd like to bring together a panel of them to one talk about some of the misconceptions that people have around proof of stake as well as um what the differences are between the different proof of stake algorithms and the stake is s t a k e which means you're staking a coin up against something you're, you're placing a bet almost you're putting up a large amount of the native asset of that blockchain in order to gain some type of benefit or uh chance to do something else so uh with like with proof of work you're staking a lot of real world energy so what you're staking is something that's external to the blockchain real world energy that is basically, you know, universally understood to be costly. Costs some type of money that everyone cares about. And damn it. Jeez, man. They are unhappy with the fact that we did not run our Under Armour ad today. All right, well, you're going to need to cut this out. Chloe. Hey, it's a free show. People are going to have to put up with some dogs barking. This. This is reality TV. This is when things stop getting, uh, getting uh, whatever, and start getting real. How <laughs> does that thing go? The real world. When stuff starts getting, uh, stops getting. I remember. 
Does anybody know that line? Like, we all grew up with this show. You guys are just leaving me hanging here. I really don't remember. No, when, people, when people stop being polite and start, and people start there getting There we real. go. Stop yeah. being polite. Start getting real. Anyway. That, that show started reality TV. That show right there, which came out in 1996, I believe. No, it came out in 1996. Earlier than that. Puck, Puck, was, Puck was on the first one. No, he wasn't. He was. Puck was on the first one. He was not on the first one, was he? Yep. Nineteen ninety-five. This is when it came out. Ninety-two. Puck was not on the first one, man. Puck was on the third one. He was in San Francisco because he used to put his finger in the peanut butter, and everyone hated that. This show is going off the rails. Sorry, it, it it went off the rails really cut, quick. Cut that whole section out, please. <laughs> yes, please. Anyway, I was I'll just, just say pause, something. and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna continue back to what I was talking about before Chloe barked. <laughs> okay, go. You can just cut it. Anyway, I'm not uh, going to, but I I appreciate your suggestion. Cut it out. <laughs> anyway, so proof of stake is. It, it takes the place of a lot of the randomness that's afforded by the cryptographic hash function that we use for proof of work. We have to, like, we have to find ways of finding a fair way of distributing or allowing someone to be a validator in a very trustless way in a proof of stake thing. So you have to kind of put something up and then find a way to make sure no one's breaking the rules. With proof of work, you can, you have very good assumptions. You can assume that no one's breaking the rules based on the amount of energy they're putting up, because if they if they're only putting up all of that real world energy for the chance to submit a valid block, and if that block isn't valid or they aren't playing by the rules, then it just gets ignored. And so, when you do something like proof of stake, you have to try to find a way to make up for the things that you aren't you aren't afforded by this automatic fairness assumption. So you need ways of either being provably fair or having enough disincentive in the system to make sure that if you break the rules, you basically burn your house down instead of like just getting a slap on the wrist. So like your incentives are heavily aligned in playing by the rules instead of trying to um, gain the system for yourself in a way that screws everyone else. There's a lot of different like kind of game theory as well as technological challenges in proof of stake systems, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't be overcome and um, have a system that's trustless and fair while also being less um, real world energy intensive. You don't have to spend so much electricity to run a network like this. This is the only problem I have. And I'm starting to see the light um, just like uh that amazing Grammy, yes, that Grammy award-winning song by Sean Paul. I knew that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm starting to see the light because I understand the abstraction. Like, oh, instead of me staking my actual real-world resources, I'm staking this token, and if I don't play by the rules, I lose this token. And this token is actually going to be mining per se. I put that in quotations. Yeah. Here's the only thing that I don't like about further abstractions is that from what I know about history, like abstractions are dangerous to the point, like for, for instance, like thousands of people lost their lives over the number zero. Like for years, we didn't even think it was a number. We were just like, no, nah, that's not a thing. You, you can't keep saying the zero thing. You can't keep saying this null set thing. And you know what? We're going to kill you. Because we feel that strongly against zero being a number. And then later on, the same situation happened with Pythagorean when he was like, yeah, man, I got this theory, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. It's the shit. It works every time. We're going to change the world. And like people were so against that abstraction that they would fight and kill each other. So like, I'm, that's, I'm, I'm dangerous how divisive this can get if people really don't dig into how these abstractions are built. 
Well, that's, that's, I, don't, I don't think at the end of the day they're going to care because they're going to get systems that work. And I mean, who, who cares about all the people that were angry about angry at Pythagoras for creating, you know, geometric rules or algebraic rules? It works. We use it now. We've built a lot of things on top of it. No one cares. See? But then I got to go to this movie I just watched for the third time, Gold, with Fat Matt McConaughey, where he said that in the movie, movie, it was a great movie, where he said in the movie, he's like, nobody cared to look, man. It was right in front of everyone's faces, but nobody cared well, as long as everyone was making money. Was that a good, was that a good McConaughey? Uh, wasn't bad for you. I need more throat. I need more throat. Everyone was making money, man. Now that just sounds like a crack. That was better. That might have been better. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I remember telling Matthew McConaughey to his face, but me not seeing him. Uh, I told him, "Fuck you," because we were at a Texas Tech University game, and UT was in town, and he walked past the student section with his wife and his child, and I was a drunk student at the time. And he was like 10 feet away from me. So I looked him dead in his eyes. He didn't hear or see me because it's a sea of college <laughs> students. But I looked him dead in his eyes in front of his wife and child. And I said, fuck you, Matt McConaughey. Was, and then he walked rude. past. That was rude. It, it was, was awkward to an H-E-B. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yep. So we're also brought to you by H-E-B, uh, the best organic steaks in Texas. Um. Yeah, I feel like bed. there's got to be a downside to you saying we're brought to you by a bunch of weird shit. There's got to be a downside just, to that. Like basically, the downside is is we're giving people promotions without getting paid for it. But I'm okay because you know what? We're all eating, especially H E B. It's a grocery store. You know they're eating. So, uh, who's our guest today? Oh yeah, take it away, Cello. Uh, UFC Hall of Famer, American Psycho Stefan Bonner. Yeah, you gave. Oh, pretty and good he's answers. on. He's on our show because he has a strip club. <laughs> he's, if you're he's wondering to... why he's on our show. Yeah, so we actually ran into a guy last yearish that is responsible for driving the Mike Tyson and the some chick Mike Tyson ATMs. That was Vegas. two years ago, man. Can you believe that? That was that? two years ago? Oh, yeah. Wow, man. I'm starting, to get, I'm starting to get grazing my mustache. All right. So we got Peter Klomko was his name. And then he took that brilliant idea and said, like, hey, why don't we have a crypto strip club where you can pay in crypto? And it is just as amazing as you think it would be if you're hearing that idea and you're like, wow, what are the possibilities when it comes to a crypto uh, like enthusiastic strip club. What are the possibilities? Well, the possibilities are endless. I mean, it seems like the, the the whole thing is a high rollers membership, right? And it's like a there's a lot of benefits to becoming a member of this particular organization, and strip club is an aspect of that. That's what that's what kind of surprised me about it when I first heard about it and looked into it. And uh, the, the interview was the interview was fun to say the least. Yeah, so your your membership is is evidenced by your ownership of what Corey just said, like your your digital tokens. I think you have to spend like five grand, and then what happens is is you receive the Legends Room app, similar to a digital wallet, and then you show that, and then you gain entry into this gentleman's cabaret. I do believe uh, Gene Wilder's uh, "In a World of Pure Imagination" plays as soon as you walk through the doors, but we didn't actually get that ironed down he oh, was in to Vegas. we're, we're going on that in a world of pure imagination that's what i figure it sounds like when you walk into that place so anyways uh enough about that i hear project pat actually your project pat project pat <laughs> is what is is what is playing in my head when you walk into that place <laughs> like looking at the strippers and i want a tipper <laughs> Half tip ball. One half tip ball. Point ten, point 10 Bitcoin. Anyways, we can rap about that all day like Project Pat. Um, well, without further ado, here is Stefan Bonner. Uh, here it is.
Well, we got the American Psycho in the house. Um, obviously, the uh, the Griffin fight was kind of a gateway for a lot of current UFC fans. So, I mean, if anybody is making money off the UFC right now, they owe it to this guy, Stefan Bonner. The uh, here's here's just a little rundown if you're kind of unfamiliar. The only time that John Jones opened as a fight in an underdog, it was against Stefan Bonner. That's he fought, right. yeah, he fought Jones, Silva, Tito, Rashad, all in their prime. Uh, UFC Hall of Famer. He's a turned crypto Cheetah. investor, turned pro wrestler. Um, he owns the well. He's part of the uh, the Legends Room, which is kind of this uh, paperless strip club that we'll get into. Uh, and he even bet 10, 10 Bitcoin that McGregor would beat Mayweather. Ooh, you take oh, that back well. now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I got enough to sacrifice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I thought you were retired, but it seems you're, you're busier than ever. So, uh, you know, welcome to the show. And again, we appreciate you. Uh, yeah. yeah, right on. Yeah. Excited about this podcast, fucking Bitcoin. It's what it's all about. First crypto club of its kind. Yeah, man. How did, <laughs> how did you how did you get into crypto in the first place? Because that's not something that you normally hear about. Like, how did you get into the space? I've been trading stocks since like '09, and uh, yeah, it was actually for us Zahabi a few years ago. I told him to start uh, collecting Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, and I did, and I'm glad I listened to him. He's a uh, really smart guy. He's a trainer off that TriStar gym. Um, if you don't know, like George St. Pierre, Roy mm-hmm. McDonald, that whole crew up in Pete uh Nick Blomgren, myself, um, put our heads together and thought, wow, like, uh, you know, there's with Bitcoin on the tear. And this is before, this is before even hit two grand. This is like, like, when it's 1800, like this Bitcoin's on a tear. We need to, America, it's not easy to spend like in other countries. So like, uh, that was the problem we, we looked to solve in the legends room, you know, give some of these people an out with the, to spend some of their fortune and have a great time and watch the fights, uh, with legends, the legends room. So, so that, uh, kind of that, you know, like, uh, solving that little problem, uh, kind of helped, uh, foster the idea of the legend room and let's sell these legend room memberships on bitrex and and make something that's uh like a lifetime membership token that's liquid that's tradable that could increase in value that we have a finite supply of create some value in it and uh you know most of our members are I'm Bitcoin nerds who uh, you look at this as another investment with their Bitcoin. Mm. So kind of like walk me through the prop. Like I go in the legends room. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling toasty. And Jessica walks up and she's like, hey, what's going on? You want to do some you wanna do some legendary stuff? And I'm like, cool. Like, is there a QR code on her G string? Or like, does she uh, have? No, actually, we were temporary tattoo. We put it right on her. Oh my God, it's the on her brush or something <laughs> like that. Oh, okay. You want you want Jessica for an hour back in the VIP room? Boom, go have your fun. Go hang out with her for an hour. Do dances, do drink, have a good time. And when you're done, we just scan her boob, and <laughs> your tab is settled, sir. Oh, and D, remember that "Make It Rain" app we had? Yeah. He actually did it. So <laughs> we made yeah. an app, "Make It Rain," but you're ahead of us. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that was that was D's first issue with us jumping into Bitcoin. Was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't, I can't make it rain anymore because it's all digital. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A problem <laughs> that we look to solve. Oh yeah, <laughs> make it rain out. Rain out. Make it's it it's rain funny. Out. They they asked Floyd Mayweather why he got into the strip club business, and he he said he got into it because breasts, vaginas, music, and alcohol would never go out of style. So I I, I get that part. Yeah, he's right about that. Uh, he is right about that. Yeah, I think but, um, a while ago we. Uh, we interviewed Peter Klamko with the with the Mike Tyson Bitcoin ATM that he that he 
kind of debuted a while in Vegas. Is that is that something that's still going on, or is this just a new project that he's more excited about? uh, That that machine's still there at the links. Um, That's one of the machines we got one in our club, the Legends Room, as well. Um, So that was like kind of that's what Ben Pete's business uh, owning the the Bitcoin ATMs. Um, before we, we opened this club and he opened that one with Mike Tyson. He, he owned a bunch of Bitcoin ATMs, uh, all over the, the country actually. And, uh, yeah, that one's still going good at the links. And now we got, uh, Bitcoin ATMs, the legends room with, uh, Kenny James, pet house pet of the year on the side. Mike Tyson's got his, Kenny James has got hers at the legends room. I think it's more apropos. And yeah, I mean, and a lot of like uh, we've sold a couple memberships to uh, to people who who didn't just buy them on Bitrex on the site who came in and were really impressed with what they saw with the club and said, you know, I want to be a member. And boom, uh, bought a bought a membership right there on the spot. Uh, we sold two last night, in fact, and a couple for the Mayweather McGregor. That was a it was a great time, a great showing, great party for the Legends Room. That was kind of the grand opening. So, are you? Go ahead, Chell. You sure? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. <laughs> uh, well, I just wanted to talk about your clientele. So, I mean, if this is like a forward-thinking kind of cryptocurrency, are you? Is the is the Legends Room just trying to attract like a new generation of? of like the young Silicon Valley affluent tech workers, or are you getting kind of all walks of life kind of coming in there? Well, all walks of life. Some people mistakenly see it's a crypto club and be like, oh, man, what if I don't have Bitcoin? Well, well of course, like we take uh, U.S. currency, cash, credit cards, of course. Like we take all that. I don't want people to mistake on that point, but – um, we're the only club that, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you could close your tab with digital currency. Mm. You know, and exciting and innovating. That's a good fallback. So with uh, you guys, you guys are getting a new football team out there, right? In Vegas. Raiders. It's going to be a few years. They got to build a stadium and all that. But the Raiders are coming to Las Vegas. You're going to so you gonna spend another time. Trying to get those young NFL stars into crypto. It's like, hey guys. Um, at least in the club, they're so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, that's a given. They're gonna be there. That's, that's not even a. They strip clubs and they make a lot of money, and they probably don't even. Most of them probably. You know, when you're getting five million a year, you really like trying to. Look into you know trading stocks, investments, and cryptocurrency. I I would think not, but uh, if they were, we'd be more than happy to educate them about it. They're yeah, gonna need I mean, that education. You guys are forward-thinking gentlemen. They're gonna need your guidance. Yeah, That's it's what like, uh, it's like nowadays people are like, oh, you have to learn about Bitcoin through white papers. No, you're gonna learn about Bitcoin by going to strip clubs in Vegas now. <laughs> That's a hell of a point. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a it's a better way to learn, a more fun way to work, learn, oh, absolutely. more stimulating way to learn. Uh, so, All is right. it is it was the motivation of this of this strip club to cater to all of the new crypto millionaires? So they have a place to go ball out, or was it you were building a strip club already and you just decided to kind of no take on no this no uh, it, it, no it, it was totally to cater to the the you know the Bitcoin. Um, the Bitcoin millionaires. I hate to say it, but but that was the motivation. We we uh, were like, you know, God, Bitcoin's so hot. Yeah, God, remember when we were sitting in the office talking about this, and Bitcoin was probably around twelve hundred, and oh wow, it's gonna probably hit two thousand by the end of the month. And we were pitching different ideas around. We're thinking of a like a a, a crypto fighter or bit fighter program where. You know, you take some of your Bitcoin sponsor fighters and do all that. And it just didn't make a lot of sense. We had that same idea. (laughs) Damn it. We should be talking to you guys with our great ideas. (laughs) My coach coach Nick uh, was in the strip club business for a long time, over 20 years as an executive. And he kind of got out of the business because he'd come in there and build these clubs up and, uh, get them making a lot of money and then they'd kind of sell them and leave them high and dry. And, uh, 
So he's the man. He knows how to build strip clubs and get them going, get them making money. And he's like, you know what? If I get back into this game, I want a piece of the pie. And we're like, gladly give you a piece of the pie. Uh, boom, you're part owner. Well, let's do it. Let's uh, take this, uh, all this, all this Bitcoin money laying around and, and, and give uh, open in some sort of outlet, some sort of fun, entertaining outlet. And let's take your specialty, Pete, which is Bitcoins. Your specialty, Nick, which is building up strip clubs, put them together. And, Sounds uh, like the best story on the planet. <laughs> and, and make a club and make a crypto club. And it's so fun to be able to say we're the first crypto club of its kind in the world. So I'm sure a lot of people are going to copy this business model and we're out the gate. We're running fast. We're going to build this club up. But yeah, we're already looking at expanding and, and open these clubs up all over the world. Nice. All, right. all right. So I got, I'm looking at the website and I see all of these benefits for members who get it. Like we'll talk about membership here in a second, but there's just one thing that sorely sticks out with the rest of the benefits. And that's, they get to train with fighters. Like, how many people are taking advantage of that benefit to like, and, and how does that work? Like, is it, they come in, get a lap dance and then they go into like a, like, and get a BJJ lesson. No, it's, it's like something you'd have to schedule. So, um, yeah, you're coming in for the weekend. You, you're going to come to the legends room. You're a member, but you also go, you know what? I don't want to be a total degenerate this trip. I want to sign up for, uh, <laughs> we got to go to the gym, um, ourselves. We actually, um, teamed up with, City Athletic Club here in Vegas, which is the only five-star health club in Las Vegas. It's a really nice upscale health club. And um, our members also get the added benefit of uh, the if they want to go work out at the City Athletic Club, the five-star health club, they're more than welcome. That comes with a membership. That's a perk. If they want to schedule a training session with someone like me, UFC Hall of Famer, Phil Baroni, they, they could do that as well, paid for in Bitcoin. Um, so, so far, uh, the club just opened Saturday was our grand opening. So um, a lot of these ideas are still in its infancy, but um, now we are teamed up with City Athletic Club and um, they're on board, the Legends Room. So our members get to go there and um, yeah, could sign up for training sessions as well. Mm, yeah. I got a, I got a two to four part question for you. <laughs> um, the first question is, all right, so what if I'm, all right, so I'm in the legends room, me and Jessica, we're going to close the tab per se. And is it, are there options? Is it always, is it always a titty, titty scan or is there like a, uh, ass scan option? Like, You're really going to ask that question? Well, yes, I am going to ask that question. <laughs> well, it's it's an important depends question. where we put that, that, that temp tattoo. And, and those that idea, too, it's still yet to be implemented on the girls. So, um, but, right, so. yeah, it's, where, it's wherever you, um, we, we decide to put that tattoo on her that night. So I guess right. uh, as a member, if you are coming to the club and you're going to let us know and you say, like, look, I'm a huge fan of, say, um, Penthouse Pioneer Kenny James, and I would love to scan, uh, scan her ass. It would just make me feel good. And you know what? Okay, <laughs> okay. So here goes into my other. It's a follow up. What if the lighting is low? The QR code isn't working great. I maybe have to, you know, maybe I've got to stretch it out a little bit to get get the camera to scan. Am I instantly? Do you then go straight into bouncer mode using your jujitsu skills? No and I get tossed. But look, it's an oddest touch. I'm trying to get a scan here. I'm trying to contribute to the to the betterment of the Legends Room, and I, I just think can't. That, that's another benefit of the Legends Room, where you, I mean, you go to Floyd Mayweather's club, and of course, it's going to be a lot a lot of the the ghetto in there. It's going to be a rough crowd. You know, our or our crowd in our VIP, especially our VIP room, which is members only, are. You know, our computer, our tech guys, our Bitcoin guys, and they're on the average, they're more docile of uh, creatures than, say, Floyd Mayweather's average clientele. clientele. So, so no, it's, it, yeah, don't got to worry about going into bouncer mode. If, if you're drunk as a skunk and you're like 
trying to stick fingers in girls, something like that. Like, oh, whoa. Oh, but, that was extreme. I'm know. just talking about stretching a little ass cheek. Stretching a little ass to skin. Oh, that's not a big deal. To get a good yeah, scan with phone. Awesome. I mean, that's iPhone 7s are good. Your but... intentions are good. Your intentions yeah. are good. Um, <laughs> All right. So we got a good security team there. And then also, um, you know, I'm there, Phil Baroni. Uh, so we're not even security. But, well, you know, if, if need be, we could act like it. But uh, <laughs> that uh, so far, that's been the farthest thing. It's been a really, um, really chill really chill reserved kind of respectful crowd in there so you guys are yeah, gonna make a killing during the uh esports tournaments that go out there <laughs> you know. yeah i didn't even think of that one yet yeah well, that's a freebie we take a but profit. If you want to talk about the we my fighter app <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Uh, I gotta put, I gotta put my my uh, my tinfoil hat on. Uh, I know that you you signed a multi fight deal with Bellator, but you only fought one time, and that was the same year that you found out about Bitcoin. So were you just like, you know, I don't want to get punched in the face anymore. I kind of just want to do this Bitcoin thing. It's probably a better avenue for me. Was that the case? Uh, honestly, it was it was like, yeah, I was doing pretty well trading, getting into Bitcoin, and then you know, I go and you know, fight Tito and they paid me well. I have no complaints, but you know, after paying all my coaches and, and taxes out of that, like it was like, really, I killed myself for three months and I, I made like pretty much the same killed myself for three months. I had to put my other projects on hold. Um, and, and I just looked at the previous three months before that, where I was just trading, dealing Bitcoin. And it wasn't even comparable. And it was really like, why why do, why do, put yourself through this? And I was getting up there. It would be one thing if my body was holding up great. But physically, I knew. Uh, I like to call it my, my body's way of protecting my brain from further damage. Because my body held up great and physically I had felt great. I probably would have felt we kept fighting just because it's fun and I love it. But physically, it was getting harder. It was hard to get out of bed. Cortisone injections. You know, MRIs, you're on like Celebrex, anti-inflammatories, and you just know it's not good for you. And you're getting hit in the head all the time. And you've been doing it for 14 years. And you got to think, is this really worth it? You know, think of the long run here. Um, from an entertainment aspect, it was so much fun. It doesn't matter about money. I, I, I love entertaining. I love hyping a fight up. And um uh, it, but it physically wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth like, yeah, getting hit in the head any more than I have uh, over the previous 14 years. And who knows how that's going to turn out? Like I, you know, keep them crossed. They're, they're still worried. I'm part of the fighter study at the Lou Ruvo brain center down here. So I'm in good hands, but you still, I, you know, be an idiot not to at least worry a little bit about, about the long-term effects of fighting and kind of to, to scratch that itch, that's why I got into the pro wrestling because you still get that little same adrenaline rush. I have a reason and a purpose to go to the gym. You know, whereas before I'd go in, why am I lifting weights? Why am I going to the gym? This is like, what, what, what's the purpose? And now it's, oh, cool, I got a match coming up. You know, I'm going to go in and uh, lift my weights. I'm going to go to the uh, pro wrestling gym and learn a new craft, learn these new techniques. Because fighting was so stimulating. The first 10 years, I was learning and getting better and improving. And, and I, I, I was just 100% in, like, in terms of, like, I wanted to learn everything. And I'd go in and learn new moves, and it was exciting. And then, then you stop. You, you stop getting better. You get older. You slow down. And you stop learning, and it gets boring. It's not mentally stimulating. So the pro wrestling, boom, I'm learning something new. It's mentally stimulating. I got a purpose, a reason to go to the gym. And then when I go out in front of the crowd and entertain, do a match, you still get that little adrenaline rush. You still get to cut promos. And that part of the MMA game, I really loved uh, and missed. So it's like all those things I liked about MMA and missed about MMA, I get to do in the pro wrestling without – uh, uh, taking all that damage. And it's not so serious. Like in fighting, it's like, I have to win this fight. I have to win this fight. <laughs> if I win this fight, like, like uh, well, first you double your money. You know, you, you get X amount of dollars to show. It's always double the win. And how many times does that happen where, you know, you put in all the effort, hard work, and you, you lose a close decision, your paycheks pretty much cut in half. And then you know, now, now you're coming off a loss. Now people say you could retire, and it's so serious. And 
the pro wrestling isn't. It's just fun. It doesn't really matter win or lose. It's predetermined. Based. To get to go out there, entertain, cut promos, and feel young again, feel mentally stimulated. So, yeah. um, you ever thought about really thought about trying to get really into fun. like a... it's going well. Just just for a few months, I've been doing it. I, you know, I got on the House of Glory show. It's a really big indie show out in New York City. I, I'm on Impact Wrestling. I went down there to Orlando. I'm going to be on their pay per view November 5th, and doing it the way I want to do it was just uh, maybe one or two shows a month. And also I could weed out the low ball offers because the opportunity cost of missing a night at the club uh, has got to be worth it. You know, so if someone low ball offer, like, no, I don't need to take that. I don't need it that bad. I'm doing it for fun as a hobby. I'm not like the the wrestler that you like in the movie, the wrestler that, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I need for, for peanuts. It's, um, it's a good position to be in, and and that's the way I want to do it. Everyone's like, "What's next? You going to WWE?" And it, honestly, like, if you sign the WWE, that's your life. That's your ass. You're on the road over 300 nights a year. You never see your family. They they own you. And sure, you make good money, but but they own you. And like, I couldn't do any of these other things if, if that was my ultimate goal. So it's not. It's, it's a hobby. It's to have fun. It's to do it once, twice a month. And and so far so good. Smart man. Yeah, maybe you should talk to Rashad Evans because he's lost like six of his last eight fights and he still wants to keep going. But you were smart enough to kind of walk away and and uh, yeah. be an entrepreneur yeah, and succeed. Yeah, it, but that's hard. You've been doing something for so long, you don't know what else to do. And after like I retired from the Tito fight, I was in this kind of funk where I did like. Uh, yeah, my whole life had been fighting for almost 15 years, and I like, what the hell do I do now? And I didn't know what to do. And I, yeah, I'd go to the gym and like, why am I doing this? Why am I wasting my energy? What's the point? And and yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's like you you you, you give something up that you've been doing for so long. It is not easy. And I know exactly how Rashad feels right now and he really more than anything feels like well what the hell else am i gonna do that's all i know you know i might go back to work in security at a hospital that's a job he had before before he got on the ultimate fighter season two um so he's kind of in that stage where like he doesn't know what to do with himself and i man my heart goes out to him i know how that feels it's a tough time um and <clears throat> yeah that's just in our field that's fighting uh the other day in the club uh, one of our security guards is uh, a Chippendales guy, and he brought the group of guys in there. And I was talking to one of the guys. He's 40 years old, going to this, through the same thing. Went to Chippendales for the last 20 years, and this is his last year, and it scares him. He doesn't know what to do with himself after that. So we, were, we had a lot to talk about, and it's interesting. So pretty much any field career, it's not just fighting you're in. Uh, if it gets to the point where you can't do it anymore, and that's all you've known uh, – for say the last 15, 20 years, then yeah. it's a hard transitional period to go through. So like, I like to tell people, you know, why are you doing this pro wrestling and open the strip club? I'm like, it's a midlife crisis, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I why don't you just use this as a springboard to bring a bunch of cool people together? Like, you know, all these people that, you know, are trying to figure out what they want to do, just bring them all in the club. And then that attracts a lot more people to come hang out with them. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, uh, like, yeah. Yeah, like life seminars, you know, bringing like uh, Tony Robbins, the legend. Oh, room. yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yes. The dance, all the porn stars. I got another question about the legends room. Can I use my own paper wallets? Um, oh, boy, I'd have to ask Pete about that one. I I'm So it's sure. essentially like a little piece of paper with a certain amount of Bitcoin or Ether or whatever crypto that I want that I preloaded on there. So I could just come in with D dollars and I could still make it rain, but just my way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to make it rain with dollars. I want to make it rain with crypto. <clears throat> you know it's what? It's a possibility. There's a know. will, there's a way. If, if that's something you wanted to do. Like, um, that's what we're all about. Um, I like that attitude. If you want to find a way to give us money, I'm going to accept that money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You want to come in and make it rain? Yes. We'll make it happen. Oh, man. I can customize the way. That's been a big focus of like 
geez, what do people want to make it rain? We, you know what? We a make it rain app. Like seriously, that was a meeting. We had a lot of ideas that would gel with you guys. Our regular show, like our back channels of how we communicate, is basically about fifty percent talking about either a make it rain app or a my fighter app or like some type of <laughs> things that we've talked about during this podcast. Wow, you uh, you know you fit in quite well at the legends room. It's, uh, it, it's a great place to brainstorm too. I don't know about you guys, but strip clubs, um, I, you know, it reminds me of a study I uh, remember back from uh, from college reading about where, um, yes, they had men, I, uh, they had men three times a week for like 15, 20 minutes, uh, ogle boobies, play with boobs, play with boobs like motorboat and, and all that. And over like a, <laughs> a week period, they worked their on blood pressure. Blood values actually improved. Uh, it's true. Um, another study was about uh, rabbits. They fed rabbits this shit, terrible, high-fat, high-cholesterol diet. Okay, They had a control group and, and a study group. And the only difference was the one group um, received kinesthetic stimulation while they ate the shitty food. So... Their body was releasing this oxytocin, these feel-good pleasure hormones. And the group who had the kinesthetic stimulation, just petting, um, their blood values didn't improve for the worse compared to the group that didn't get it. So it's very bad. Chitties are therapeutic. That's scientific <laughs> proof. So best interview yeah, we've yeah, ever done. And, and you know... Uh, you get those feel-good hormones going in your body and those chemicals being released, and it's actually good for you. And your brain opens up and your creative juices get flowing, and it's it's healthy. You're doing it for your health. Tell your All right, that. Cello, Corey, if we ever get to a point where we have an HQ, we're going to need a huge whiteboard, and then we're going to need titties. We're going to have to go to <laughs> Vegas, hang out in the Legends room with a white giant whiteboard, and then you got it. <laughs> and then what are stress bags? I mean, what do they resist? <laughs> Uh, I think this is a great way to kind of wind it down Uh, we have a question that we ask all of our guests it's probably the most tough question the the most difficult question that you'll hear in your entire lifetime and it is in 10 words or less can you describe Bitcoin 10 words or less Bitcoin um Bitcoin, I mean, hate to sound cliche, but it's it's the future of currency in our present time. That it's eight words. Very good. Worldwide. Future money in present time. I like it. It's worldwide. No conversion when you go to another country. Now I'm rambling. Okay, but yeah, I want that. Okay, we'll, we'll keep the eight. Now you can ramble. All right. <laughs> yeah, universal. No exchange rates and all that crap. Your cash isn't good in this country. Yeah, a universal dollar. I, I like on. Hey, uh, Stefan, if, if you ever want to add the, post, the podcasting game to your resume, you and Phil Baroni are welcome on our network anytime. Start your own show. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. Awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that. You could be Thanks the next fighter in the kid. <laughs> Definitely. The fighter in the Bitcoin. <laughs> We're okay with it. We actually like it. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, yeah, tag me when you post this up and, and I'll help pump it out. Right on. It'll probably be in the middle of this week coming up. All right. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate we'll it. So much. Good luck with Thanks. the Legend Room. I will be there as soon as possible. Oh, yeah, we'll be there. <laughs> All right. Make it rain, baby. Make it we rain. Will make it, we will make it rain in the Legends room one day. Trust You're going to see a bunch of pieces of paper with a QR code with my face on it. <laughs> yeah. Everything's going to be okay. It's going to have money on it. Just pick it up. <laughs> All right. Thank All you right. Take it easy, All man. Right. Have a good
like, wow, there are a lot of Muslims here. Like, yeah, there are Muslims love SeaWorld. We're recording. Ah, crap. <laughs> it's on the record. It's on the record now. Well, it wasn't racist. So it was an observation. There's a lot of Muslims at SeaWorld. Did you ask anybody? Like, did you get friendly and say, like, hey, like, what's uh, what, is this like a family reunion? What's going yeah, on? Because that's when it gets racist. It was just an observation. How is it racist to ask if it's a family reunion? If they're not wearing, like, because black people, when there's a lot of black people somewhere where there's typically not a lot of black people, we usually wear our family reunion shirts as, like, a warning to the population. <laughs> like, That's hey, true. this isn't a giant Negro gathering. We're actually here just to enjoy our our company. And this is the Ferguson Johnson Conclave of 2015. <laughs> well, do they have family reunion uh, Arab clothing? Crap, I don't know what burqas. I'm pretty sure you can't say Arab. Burqa? Hijab? I think it's hijab burqa. Yeah, whatever. I'm not good at this. You gotta be real careful, man. Yeah. Just think, what would Trump not do? (laughs) My point is, is I I was pleasantly surprised that a lot of Muslims like SeaWorld. That's all. More than blacks, more than whites. I saw no Asians. I think it was a time of year thing. Maybe. Yeah, you think it'd be so hot under all those clothes? Heard it's cool. My wife said. I think it's cool in the the desert, but I don't think it's cool in like arid Houston, San Antonio. Maybe I'm not using arid right, but like humid. Anyways. Are we good sounding? Yeah. All right. In 10.